GameZillaMedia.com. It's time for the last action podcast. Pop quiz, hot shot. Hey, motherfucker. I feel the need. The need for speed. Kill it. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Come with me if you want to live. Welcome to this week's episode of the Last Action Podcast. I am LPJ, and joining me, my fellow men at the high table, <laughs> Hovercraft Joe. Uh, what's up, uh, LPJ? And Dave, Dave's back. Hi, Dave. What's up? Still working on that nickname. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck with that. Um, can I be, like, I mean, they, they seem to have a lot of Greek names in this. Can I be like, uh, I can't I can't claim to be so cool as like Ares or something, but maybe I'll be like, you know, Hestifus. Caligula? Uh, <laughs> no, we're not going to approve that. Anyways. Okay. So, <laughs> so uh, Dave is back uh, and we still are in the year of the sequel. Uh, so we are here to talk about John Wick Chapter Two, which I kept thinking it was just John Wick Two, but it's Chapter Two. So ooh la la. Um, this movie, uh, its release date was February tenth, two thousand seventeen. Uh, Dave, do you have any kind of like special like memories of your first viewing of this, or kind of what's your history with it? I mean, definitely because yeah, I was such an evangelist for the first one. This would have been one that I would have seen on like a Thursday night show. And I think I saw it three or four times in the theater. The last time being at that one terrible theater in Allen Park where they like the seats were like, you know, basically folding chairs. <laughs> well, it is, and it is funny. We should mention we didn't have Dave when we did the, the first uh, John Wick episode. That's when you're still in the studio. But Jeff, there, there was a mistake, by the way. But Dave, but Dave really is like, he was one of the, he was always pushing this movie on us. Like he was like, you got to see it. The the first one that is like, you got to see it. It's so good. And we were all kind of like, eh. And I think, I think it was like on a, a our friendcation. I think we were up North and I think you brought it. We all sat down and like watched it as a group and we were all like, oh, okay. We get it now. But like you were, you were like basically uh, on the street team for this movie, like going around trying to get people to, to view it. So I was, and I think I think there were probably a lot of people like me because I mean, this movie made twice as much theatrically as the first one because like so many people saw it on you know video and like were showing people like now you have to see this. But out of curiosity, who was your guest for your first the first the first uh, John Wick? Was, I think it was Grim. Well, fuck him. Upgrade. <laughs> um. I remember, I actually, this is a movie, I remember when it came out, uh, I remember I saw this uh, by myself on a Friday night at the uh, Laurel Park Theater, and yeah, and I feel like maybe I had only seen it, like, surprisingly, because it used to, it probably still is, on cable, like, all the time, like, basically one of the, like, a John Wick movie is always on, you can always find them, but I feel like this is maybe only my, like, third viewing of this one the second one i feel like it's like i've seen the first one a ton i've seen this one a couple times and the third one i've only seen like once but anyways uh what about you lpj i'm fairly certain i went and saw this with my brother um and possibly sphinx i don't know um but i definitely saw this in the theater and as soon as it came out on blu-ray i bought it and i've watched it i this might have been my like actually sitting down to watch it, not counting the times that I flipped it on um, when it was on TV. I would say this is probably the maybe the fourth time I've sat down to just watch this movie um, outside of seeing it in the theater. So I've seen it probably six times, maybe seven times total. Uh, but I loved it. This movie's phenomenal. Like, I love this movie. I got I, that's it. That's it. It's a great film. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. <laughs> figure out what my rating's going to be. <laughs> um, okay, let's uh, go through some of the numbers for this. Um, the budget was $40 million. Uh, it had a domestic gross of $92 million and a worldwide of $171 million. So, yeah. You know the, and the crazy thing is, that seems lo- low to me. Because... John Wick is really, really in the zeitgeist. Like he is very much part of pop culture now. Yeah, but I think I think this is this. I mean, 
I feel like maybe this, I mean, he is, but I feel like maybe this is kind of like the turning point. Like the first movie yeah. was still kind of like that, I don't want to say cult or like underground, but it was like a real, like like Dave was kind of saying, like a, like a groundswell of support and like people getting behind it. So when this one came out, it was like everyone went and saw it because they loved it and they knew it, you know? So I think this is really what kind of put John Wick as a character into the stratosphere, if you will. And I think these movies... Just action movies in general, especially these, are they're built for the home video audience too. Like people, they get great ratings. I mean, like when you go streaming stuff like that. So I think you know these make a lot of money. You know, post theatrical release. I agree. I agree with that. Um, so the Rotten Tomatoes on this is eighty nine percent. And an audience score of 85%, which was a little sur- – I mean, they're both high, but it was surprising to me that the uh, the Rotten Tomatoes is higher than the audience score. Um, I'm willing to bet it's because the first one is so good. This one is really, really good, but I think I like the first one better between the two. Um, so that, that may be what it is. That, that's fair. Um, okay. So top grossing movies of 2017 are Star Wars Episode Eight. The Last Jedi. That's number one. Number two is Beauty and the Beast. And number three is Wonder Woman. Uh, this movie, John Wick Chapter 2, is the 35th highest grossing film. Uh, other movies that we have done are number six, Spider-Man Homecoming. Number eight, Thor Ragnarok. And number 33, Kingsman, The Golden Circle. Um... So, the, the cast on this. Let's talk about the cast. Uh, obviously... Uh, do cast yeah. or do you want to do director and all that stuff first? Uh, we, okay, well, we can do director then. Uh, what do you got on the director? Sure, it's it's Chad Stalski. Um, he was Keanu Reeves' stunt double for most of his acting career. Uh, he basically, anytime you see, previous to these films, anytime you see Keanu Reeves doing some kind of dangerous stunt, it was Chad Stalski doing it. Uh, so he's kind of just hung out with 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 uh with Reeves and and wrote they they wrote the part basically for him, um, and kind of kind of related to that, I saw that they said that uh Keanu Reeves did ninety five percent of his own stunts for this yeah and all but two of his own stunts yeah the only things he didn't do is when he gets hit by the car and when he falls down the stairs and everything else was him which is pretty impressive because I mean Keanu Reeves isn't I mean he's not a young man anymore I mean he's in his what fifties or something yeah he's like. 55, yeah. maybe? I can so, tell you with a click of a button. <laughs> <laughs> you are both uh, feverishly he is, looking this up. He's 56. Okay. Yeah. So this is 2017, so... I mean, yeah, that's very impressive that those are the only... And I bet you, I bet you he probably wanted to do, the, do those, and they were like, no. Oh, yeah, <laughs> they, totally. Yeah. Like, they're like, no, you can't get hit by a car, you can't roll down a giant flight of stairs, we're sorry. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me at all. Uh, <laughs> you're absolutely right. Um, and so, yeah, so then Ch- Chad Stolsky has gone on to do a couple of the things. I mean, he did obviously the, the John Wick movies, um, lots of stunt work. Um, you know, he did like stunt work on The Crow, um, all kinds of things. And uh, he also was one of the directors on Captain America Civil War. Um, and then, yeah, and then just tons and tons of stunt work. Nice. Um, the writer on this, Derek Colstead? Yeah, Colstead? Derek Colstead, um, who kind of got his claim to fame writing the John Wick films, but then went on to do uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. <laughs> so, oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, oh, wow. I did not he, know that. He yeah. did that Nobody movie, which I'm going to have to check out. Yeah, I hear really nobody, good things. Which is, I haven't seen it, but it's supposedly kind of in the John Wick world. From what I yeah. heard, so I don't know if maybe it's part of like a greater universe that they're creating. Yeah. What if this is? Oh, go ahead, Dave. I say he wrote that show uh, Die Hard, which was on that. I'm already feeling that shit uh, Quibi app, you know, where it's like, oh, here's five minutes of a TV <laughs> show, you know. So, but it, that was supposedly pretty good too with Kevin Hart. So now that I believe Roku bought all their uh, their back catalog. It's, it is on Roku. You can watch all that stuff on Roku now. Yeah. Um, this is neither here nor there, and, and maybe there's a better time to bring it up. But weren't they supposed to be making like a John Wick like spinoff, like the Continental? Like John yeah, Wick was going to be in it. 
Yeah. Yeah. Like whatever happened to that? Did that just? Well, I, I think, think it was. Still doing I it. think they're still doing it. I think it just got stalled because of COVID. Oh, yeah, that's fair. I'm fairly certain that's what it is because I believe they were going to release it in conjunction with the fourth movie. Okay. Um, but obviously the fourth movie has been put on hold due to COVID, yeah. and I think they're waiting. A, they're waiting a little bit longer now to film four and five back to back. Well, that's what pissed me off so much, though, is that they're like they're gonna make the Matrix four before they make John Wick four. It's like no, switch <laughs> that up. The Matrix. I love Keanu, but everything but the first Matrix sucks. You know. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I softened my stance on the, on the, he, the he, most recent two. He, he has thoughts, but now is not the time. Now is not the time. Dave, I love we'll, that cartoon anthology they released about the Matrix. Dave, we will bring you back for our Matrix Reloaded episode. Yep. Oh, and that'll be like, well, okay, Reloaded isn't as bad as Revolutions. Revolutions, like, hey, let's have like a thirty-minute rave scene, <laughs> okay, underground. Say, save it for that episode. Okay, um, and then the music, uh, Tyler Bates and Joel L. Richard. Yep, Tyler Bates again done lots and lots of things. He did like Fight Club. He did. Sucker Punch, he does all the music for, um, uh, not all the music, but he does a lot of the music for um, Zack Snyder. Uh, and he was in the band, um, I think it was in Nine Inch Nails. Is that my right of that? No. Marilyn Manson. He was I, in Marilyn Manson. Sorry. Okay. All right. So Not as much yeah. of a badge of honor anymore. No, not really <laughs> so much, no. Um, but yeah, I mean, and the music is fine. I mean, I don't think it's standout. We're not going to play anything from it, but it's, you know, it does its purpose in the movie, I guess. So, um, okay. Cast. Cast. I will, we will do this how we normally do it. Well, I will talk about the people that I know and then you guys can fill in the rest. So obviously, uh, Keanu Reeves is John Wick. Uh, Ian McShane, who's awesome, is Winston. Uh, Common plays uh, Cassian. Uh, Dave's favorite, Ruby Rose, is Ares. Um, and John Leguizamo shows up for a couple scenes. And Lawrence Fishburne, obviously, plays the Bowery King. Uh, he shows up a little bit. Um, the one guy that uh, maybe you guys can tell me more about that I, I recognize, I was like, I know this guy from stuff, is the guy that plays the sommelier. Like, he was very, very familiar. Yeah, yeah. Peter, Peter Serafanowicz. He was, he was the, uh, he played, uh, Nor- no, he played in, uh, Guardians oh, of the Galaxy, he's you know? The guy, he's, he's, the guy that, he's the guy that's like, what a bunch of assholes. Yeah, yeah he plays he's, the super, he's Supernova in the comics. And he's the tick. Yeah, he's the tick. He's I have watched the series. Oh, it's he's really good. Of, he's in Shaun of the Dead. Shaun he's in most of the, the, the uh, Simon Pegg movies. Yep. Okay. Um, he, lo- he looked very familiar, but... Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's he's in a lot of stuff. He's Well, I mean, okay, a couple of big ones you forgot is uh, Franco Nero. Yep. He's a huge international star. He was the original Django. You know? who, who is he in this? He's the guy who's the owner. Or, or He's the Winston. He's the Italian Winston. You oh, know? okay. Got it. Like, and also... <laughs> He's back in the news lately because he's like directing a movie. He's like, you know who I want my movie? Kevin Spacey. It's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he's married to Vanessa Redgrave. Um, then there's Lance Reddick from The Wire and yeah. Oz. He's in everything. He's the Continental uh, Clerk, the Continental yeah. uh, Manager. Oh. Yeah. And, and then like the one guy who showed back up is the one who I just lo- obviously. Well, the one who showed back up is the one I love is a uh, the cleaner David Patrick Kelly who is you know. Who is the bad guy in the crow and the warriors come out and play? <laughs> and then, of course, I, I, how can you forget Jason Manzukis as TikTok Man? No, that's no, the third one. Oh, that's the third, the third one. one. Oh shit! I, I just have brain farts. Oh, no, I'm an idiot. But I'm so uh, dumb. but Peter Stormare's in this. Yeah, Peter Stormare. Yeah. Dave, Dave got a little overzealous, LBJ. He was trying to yeah. out character act you. He was. And he yeah. it, it didn't. It I didn't did. I, I just I blew my character actor load. No, <laughs> it was it was not good. That's okay. Uh, yeah, That's okay. I, I, I'm embarrassed. You're new. Yeah, and then I mean, obviously, like on like on screen, like on like you know, a video screen, you see Bridget Moynihan again. Yeah, that's true. LBJ, anyone that Dave didn't mention that you want to bring up? Anyone that was maybe in the third movie, like Alfred. <laughs> I did forget one. I mean, John Lizamo. The sumo assassin he kills is the sumo um, defense, like the sumo football player from the replacements with him. 
Remember, he kills the sumo, like, yeah, like sumo yeah, assassin. I know. Remember yeah, the yeah, sumo. I'm yeah, having okay. trouble remembering the replacements, just the re- to clarify. I'm not forgetting the movie I watched, like, a day ago. The replacements is awesome. Yeah. Um, okay. Anyone else, LBJ, you want to mention? Or can we no, go to that I mean, John Leguizamo, you, we bring him up, but keep up. We're good. Networths. Oh, okay. So, Networths, uh, let's start with Ruby Rose. What do you think about Ruby Rose with all that sweet, sweet Batwoman money? Yeah, Batwoman oh. season one money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sorry. What do you think, Dave? Well, I mean, she's also got that sweet, sweet Orange is the New Black money. I mean, she does a lot with modeling. I mean, I'll just I'll just get to it now. I do not like Ruby Rose as an actress. I mean, I realize she's kind of an icon and, and like modeling and stuff like that, but like this is her best role because she doesn't speak. She's just a terrible actress. But anyway, um, so I'm gonna guess she's a ten million. Okay. Know, she's got that sweet, sweet Meg money. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna go just for that. I'm going eleven million. You guys are both way high. She only has two million dollars. Okay. Yeah. Good. Um, <laughs> wow. Okay. What do you think about Ian McShane, LBJ? Ian McShane. Oh man, he's got that sweet, sweet NBC's Kings money. Um, <laughs> There you go. Look that up. Look that up if you want to find something obscure. Uh, and that was just off the top of my head, too. Uh, let's go. He's got $20 million. Okay. I think he's got that sweet, sweet, hey, Patrick Stewart, turn this down. Let's hire Ian McShane money. So I'd say $30 million. You guys are forgetting that he has that sweet, sweet one episode of Game of Thrones where it focuses on the hound money. Um, oh, shit. But actually, he only has $10 million. So He's been acting for like 50 years. He was in the Battle of Britain movie. Like, he's in a lot. Yeah. All right. Next up, Common. What do you think for Common, Dave? I think he's got... He's got that sweet, sweet run all night money <laughs> and sweet, sweet almost played the John Stewart Green Lantern money. But um, I, he's got he's done a lot. I think he has a lot of money. I'd say he's got 75 million. Okay. What I'll go a little I'm lower. Gonna I'm going to say 50 million. Any, any sweet, sweet. <laughs> no, because you you know, he's got he's got his rapping. He's got. Uh, <laughs> Acting. He's that got was the squarest way anyone rapping. said rapping. He's got the acting. Rapping. You, you, rapping. Like you just sound like an eighty-year-old. Yep. He, he's got his rapping. No, money. he's got that. He's got that rapping money. Yep. He's became yeah. Ward Cleaver to say rapping. Got that rapping money. <laughs> this is my favorite part of the episode. Um, he uh, coming forty-five million dollars right. for Colin. So. Well, himself. He's a pretty charitable guy. He probably gives a lot away, you know. Yeah. Uh, okay, so two left. Lawrence Fishburne, uh, LBJ. What do you think about Lawrence Fishburne? Oh, man. Let's see. I'm going to go with – I'm going to say $60 million for Lawrence Fishburne. Okay. Dave? I mean, he's been in some huge movies. Never really is the lead. I'm going to – he's got that sweet, sweet blackish money. Actually, he probably makes a lot for that. So I'm going to say $70 million. Uh, $30 million, uh, mm-hmm. but it did break down. You know how much he makes per episode of Blackish? $200,000 yeah. per episode. So Yeah, I guess he was that the steady TV gig. He'll get you. Get you some money. ABC, baby. Okay, so finally, Keanu Reeves. Uh, Dave, what do you think for Keanu Reeves? So, I mean, he literally has sweet, sweet money from a lot of things, but I'm going to say he has that sweet, sweet lake house money. <laughs> I and I think he's worth $250 million. I remember him being pretty well off, um, but I don't think it's that well off. I'm going to go $150 million. $150 And what did you say again, Dave? I know you, Dave, I know you mentioned that sweet, sweet lake house money. Sweet, sweet lake house money. And you know what? You're both low. It's $360 million. Wow, good for him. He's got Mel Gibson money. He's he's doing well. Um, but yeah, and that is all I have for net worth. Uh, let's, I, I'm just going to do the taglines real quick. There are two of them. And I kinda, I'm kind of okay with both of them. The first one is, never stab the devil in the back. That's good. Right? Ooh, That's like one of the that. better ones. 
Yeah. And then, and then this other one's not bad either. The only way out is back in. See, that's good. You know what? Yeah. Everything about this movie's great, even the taglines. Yeah, I agree. So, yeah, I mean, they're, they're kind of short and to the point. And, uh, yeah. So, okay, before we get into the plot, uh, one, is there anything anyone else wants to uh, bring up or talk about? Nothing specific. Not until we kind of get into things. Yeah, this is really a movie where, like, you just kind of want, like, the things come up as you go. Well, okay, I guess the one thing I will say is the only thing this is lacking a little bit from the first one is that the first one has that thing I've talked about before where, like, you literally, like, recognize every single person in it, you know? Like, even just the doorman is Kevin Nash or, like, you know, like, this still has a a little bit, but not quite as much, you know? That's true. I always forget that uh, Willem Dafoe's in the first one. Yeah. Yep. Um, also, if we're going like you know, lovely ladies, I think you have to go with Adrian Palicki over Ruby Rose. That's fair too. Um, okay, so let me ask you this though before we get into the plot, and you guys might have looked this up, so this might not be fun. But did you guys see what the the body count for this movie was? I did. I think. It, yeah, I think I did too. Oh, what do you guys? Well, what do you think, Dave? Was it one eighty one? No, it's one seventeen. Yeah, uh, one sixteen. One sixteen. Oh, okay, but that's. There are a lot of people that get killed in this. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's let's work through the plot, and then you know whatever comes up comes up while we're talking about it. So uh, <laughs> this movie starts off basically with uh, they say it takes place like a week after the ending of the first movie, or within a week of the first movie ending, because it it starts off like that that opening sequence is him basically trying to get his car back, right? Like he. Yeah. He tracks down, like, I, <laughs> that is pretty great. He's he, that motorcycle guy that he's chasing, and he gets him to just, like, run into the side of the car. Is that that same car that he has from the first one that he's driving at yes. the beginning of this one? Well, that's at the at the end of that movie. Yeah, he gets the car from John Leguizamo, but, yeah, that's it. Okay. So then he goes, and basically we get this whole sequence where he's going to get his car back, and that's where Peter Stomari is, and he's, like, so he must he's like the uncle of Theon Greyjoy, right? Is yeah. that like what it is? So yeah, the bad guy in the first film, that's his brother. Okay, got it. So he's a here's the thing I do, okay. This first scene is cool because he gets his car, but like maybe you guys can help explain this to me. So he finds his car and he drives off. Well, why doesn't he just leave? Because then he like he gets his car and it gets all fucked up because it gets in a bunch of crashes, and then he seems to drive back into the warehouse when he got where he got it, fights a bunch of guys, goes and drinks vodka with Peter Stomari, and then doesn't kill him. Because he wants to make sure it's done. You know, he wants to make sure, and then, like, he wants to get in, like, because he doesn't want to be looking over his shoulder for Peter Stor... I think, is it Stormari or Stormare? I thought it was Stormare. That's Stormare. Yeah. Right. Well, um, yeah. And, uh, so I think that's what, I think that's what it is. He's like, you know, and like, he could kill him, but he's like, you know what? No, I'll let go. You know. Also, I do like during this whole sequence is that like this is when he gets hit by the car and he's he's fine. He just gets back up and starts fighting. I feel like if you got hit hit by a car like that in real life, you'd be not getting up and fighting. Yeah, yeah. I I, I don't know how that stuntman man did it because it looked like he really got hit by the car pretty pretty aggressively. I disagree. I think we need to test it out by hitting one of you two with a card. <laughs> Patreon, Patreon episode. Um, how, and also, by the end of all this, how does this car even still drive? Like, he drives it home, and it is just like... Why are you asking questions? Yeah. Just like it's built, for oh, Those cars, those are all, like, steel. You know, these aren't, like, these little shitty cars we have now. That's built for tough, man. Yeah. That's fair. So, but then it is funny because then John, John Leguizamo shows up and is looking at the car and is basically, like, listing all the things that are wrong. But he's like, your engine is basically about to fall out. And he's like, yeah. You love this it. car. Yeah. yeah. But he's like, yeah, can you fix it? And he's like, yeah. He's, he's like, when will we be ready? He's like, I don't know, Christmas? 2030? <laughs> um, okay. So then uh, we get a whole sequence where he goes, like, in the first movie, you get that big scene where he, like, breaks out the sledgehammer and gets out all his, like, uh, assassin stuff. But in this movie, he, like, puts it all back in and puts the cement on and, like, buries it all. And it's like, okay, I'm done. But then he, the, the doorbell rings, and he goes to answer the door, and this is this dude, San, San, uh, Santino. I, also, I like the little, like, and they don't really, like, make a big deal out of it, but I like how John Wick just 
speaks like every language. Like he just starts talking Italian with this guy and like, you know, yeah. he's, he speaks Russian at the beginning of the movie. He knows sign language, apparently. Like, it's it's kind of cool that he just, you know, it's like, oh, he just knows all this stuff. It's neat because it really lends to kind of the world building that they do in this film that they, they kind of hinted at in the first film. But this one, they really expand things. And they, they give you little hints like, you know, like John Wick speaks a million different languages. And, you know, there's a continental in every major city. And, you know, there's this thing called the high table where, you know, New York's just part of a cog and a wheel of assassins and, and the assassin guild. It really opens up the world and that him speaking all these languages kind of lends to that. Yeah, it's really it's, it's really it seems like they can't take a little bit from every country. There's still a little, a little bit of mystery to like like in this, like, you know, there's all that, you know, the Itali- Italian catacombs stuff like that. But like. His, I know, like, then there's stuff like Belarusian gypsies, but then there's, like, stuff in the desert next time, yep. too. There's, like, a lot of, you know, a lot of wild, interesting stuff. So, basically, the deal is, and if I get this wrong, feel free to correct me, but Santino shows up because uh, John Wick uh, basically owes him a marker. Like, when he was getting out of the life, Santino did some kind of big favor for him, and he gave him this marker, where it's basically, like, he had to return the favor. And while he was retired... He was like, whatever. But now that he, he was back and he was doing stuff, Santino was like, well, you're back. You have to fulfill this marker that you owe me. Uh, and he, he essentially he wants him to kill his sister because their dad was like a big a member of the high table. He died, but he willed his seat on the high table to uh, Santino's sister, not him. So he wants John Wick to kill his sister so he'll get the seat on the high table. Yeah, which I don't get because we've all been to bars. High tables suck. <laughs> Fair enough. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, so uh, John Wick, he doesn't want to do it. He's basically like, yeah, I'm not going to do it. Uh, so Santino blows up his house, which is not great. He's not happy. John Wick's not happy about it because, like, all the pictures of his wife and everything get destroyed. So then he, like, I guess he walks to the Continental from his house. I don't know how far away his house is from the – from. Um, Oh, do you? I do like is it? And I think I said it's the same like police officer from the first movie yeah, we talked to. Where, where he's yeah, like, you work again? He's like, you work again? <laughs> um, I I love the uh, and I know you guys said his name already, but the um, like the concierge, like the, the doorman guy in the mm-hmm. Continental. He's Wait, awesome. Yeah, yeah, he's great. He's great in a lot of things. He's he was one of the people who was going to star in the Continental TV show. Oh, okay. Um, he has a talk with Winston. Did you guys see the interesting fact about the where he has his talk with Winston? Yeah, uh, it's, it's like, from Spider-Man. It's the same scene, the roof where uh, that scene where he like rescues Mary Jane and he like puts her down on top of the building. Uh, I kind of like that. Which leads um, to the, the best part, like when he's in the elevator with the guy. I like your Spidey costume. <laughs> uh, so basically, like Winston kind of tells John Wick, he's like, "You have to do this." He's like, "There's no choice." But to do this, he's like, but after the market's fulfilled, like, you can kill him if you want, but you have to do this. Like, you're you're stuck, right? So um, he goes he goes to that. Like, this movie has so many weird kind of, like, specific touches. Like, he goes to that place, that bank, to get his, like, uh, uh, it's like backup like, here. Yeah, like, it's like a safe deposit box. Yeah. Like, but it's like, it's almost like, I don't know if it's like Hasidic. Yeah, it's Hasidic yeah, Jews. Yeah, yeah. yeah running like the bank and it's like even when he's leaving i think they say in hebrew they're like happy hunting or something so he speaks hebrew too anyways um i think it's yiddish technically isn't it all right I don't know. so he goes to rome i like he goes to the continental in rome and he talks to bit like you yeah. said the uh the italian Franco hero Nero. yeah the italian winston and he's like uh he's like you're not here to kill the pope are you <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and, and he's like, no. And he's like, okay. He's like, good then. Um, and then you get that kind of like that really cool almost montage where it's him like gearing up for this. And he gets like the new suit, like from the suit maker that has like the, um, the Kevlar. Like, Kevlar woven into it. He gets like the map of all the catacombs. But then like, I love that scene where he goes to, we talked about already, that he goes to Somalia. Yep. And he's just like, he's just like yeah. describing all the guns, like, like it's like a wine tasting where he's like, oh, you might like this and stuff. It is, and he's like, well, what about for like after dinner or something? It's like, it is. I love, it is, like, my favorite part of the whole thing is when he goes, uh, what about dessert? And then, and then, he, and then, uh, uh Sarah Fiedewitz goes, 
Ah, oh, dessert. <laughs> <laughs> is, that when he op- is that when he opens the box? Of, like, uh-huh, all the knives, yeah. <laughs> it's just such a creative way to do like that, you know, like the the classic, uh, you know, like um, like you know, armoring up scene. But just such a interesting and like I've never seen anything like that before. It's like that's awesome, you yeah, know. And that's and, one of the things that that really speaks to this film franchise in general is it's a lot of stuff you've never seen before, which is crazy to think because it feels like such a such an homage to a lot of things, but at the same time, it's different. Like it, there are different yeah. things in this that you've never seen. Like I just like how all the secretaries are basically like, I think the term is suicide girls. You know, yeah. Like the, I was going to bring that out. That's so yeah. weird and specific. Um, Dave, you're our, uh, you're our gun expert. I will say, is there anything like special about any of those guns he gets like in that scene? I mean, the, th- the thing that's so cool about him is they are all real high end guns. You know, it's not like, you know, like movies where it's like, oh, and here's like this experimental, but like, no, you just, these are all high end guns that like military professionals and like, you know, you know, mercenaries and such would use, you know, it's like, that's, that's the cool thing about it is that like, they're, that's, you know, there's all real good high end guns, nothing, nothing like, you know, trendy or stupid, just all things like, yeah, people would use this. All practical. Uh, Okay. So he, he goes to get the job done. like, And we also get kind of this thing where they show that Ruby Rose has been kind of watching him this whole time, like keeping tabs on him. Um, and we should probably say goes, Ruby Rose is Santino's kind of right-hand man. Um, right. And she's deaf. That's like yeah. thing. Or mute. Okay. Is she deaf mute or I don't know. There, I don't some, know. She sometimes she's both. Sometimes, yeah, she doesn't talk. You know, she, which again, she, bonus. She yells a little bit when they're fighting. Like, she makes them like, ah! She might good. not have a tongue. Okay. That's well, something anyway. that's like, you don't have a tongue, you can be like, ah! Maybe. Anyways. Maybe that's yeah. what it is. Maybe her tongue it, got cut off. I don't know. Yeah. It's un, it's unclear. So anyways, um, so he goes in, and they're having, like, a coordination for Gianna, Gianna, uh, <laughs> for, like, making this seat at the high table. There's basically, like, a rave going on to bring, bring up the Matrix again. Um, so he like sneaks into her room, uh, and is, she like knows that he's a killer. Uh, then it's like that really weird scene where she gets like naked and gets in the tub and then like slits her wrists. And I'm like, like, I did like, not, uh, my boner is just gone. <laughs> I did not like that. Like her, like cutting the wrist. Dave, like, that Dave is, you didn't finish that sentence. It's my boner is gone. From six to midnight. That's what you. That's what you said. That's what you actually said. But, uh, <laughs> I think. I, I think we might all be kind of like this. Like wrist cutting scenes make me really uncomfortable. In movies. Yeah, I'm not a fan. Yeah, I was in a, a film class once where there was a wrist cutting scene in a movie, and a kid legit passed out in the class. Yeah, and it's really bad because she does it. The I mean, this sounds terrible to say, but she does it like the proper way where she cuts. Yeah. Okay, like, that's not good. Like, <laughs> yeah. stop, stop instructing listeners how to kill themselves. Okay. Okay. So you take a toaster and you... So anyway, so she, she does that. She gets in the bath. Uh, and then he ends up shooting her anyways, though. Uh, and then, so he shoots her, kills her. He's leaving. Why? Okay, question for you. Like, he sneaks in, right? Yeah. But then when he leaves, he just walks out through the rave because he runs into Common and Common's like, you working? And he's like, yeah, and then like Common kind of immediately knows what's up when he tells him that. So, however he snuck in, why doesn't he leave that way? I don't know. That's the one thing I kind of couldn't figure out. If, if he got caught on his way in, it would alert her and she could get away. If he he does it once she's already dead, he's just gonna just kill everyone anyway. Well, here's the thing though: it's like the way he went in, he hid that like uh, like rifle and he hid the shotgun. So, like, if he wasn't planning on well, leaving that way, why did he hide those weapons I there? think I think he knew that Santino was going to screw him over. Yeah. Okay. I think he had a feeling that Ruby Rose was really – like, as soon as he saw Ruby Rose, he I think he knew, like, okay, well, no, something's but, up. But that's, that's before he sees Ruby Rose because he – when he leaves, he just walks out into the rave and he sees Common. No, but he sees then, her outside of his house. Oh, does he? Yeah. She's there outside oh. of his house. So yeah, he he knows he knows something's up. Like he knows Santino's shady and and he's not gonna that's that's why he says to Santino, you know, don't do this. You don't want yeah. it's not because he doesn't want to kill Gianna, it's because he knows that Santino has something else planned and that he's gonna come he's gonna screw over John Wick and John is going to, you know, finish off Santino. He knows what it's gonna start. 
I think that's right. ultimately what it, what it is. Okay. So anyway, so he sees Common, like he kill, like he's running through the rave, like killing all these guys as he runs through the rave, and then he gets like back into the catacombs, and that's when he runs into Ruby Rose, and he's kind of like ah loose ends, right? She's like yeah. So then he's fighting a bunch of those guys, but that's when he gets like his like that like machine gun from where he hit it, and when he gets that shotgun, and he's oh, like taking people great. out. He's doing like this crazy stuff where he's running and he's somehow like shooting backwards without looking and getting like headshots on guys. Like it's almost gun kata, but it's not, you know? Yeah. It's just it's really cool. It's like chain shooting or wrestling or something like that, you know. So he uh he kills a bunch of guys, but he gets free, and then he gets out of there and then like immediately gets hit hit again by a car with uh <laughs> yeah. Frank Cummings driving. But he's fine. Their fight is awesome by yeah, the way like yes. the fight that it, the, like and even though it starts out cool where they're like behind the cars and they're like shooting at each other and then it's like a then it's like a fist fight and then they like roll down the stairs it, it is really cool because common's character is the first again the first character so far in these movies that's close to being his equal you know like everyone yeah. else is like okay it's just the numbers they're against them. well and, and you know and realistically Common's probably not that close to, to John Wick. John Wick had just been through like a gauntlet of guys and been shot and been beat up. So he's already been through, you know, 12 of 15 rounds before he gets to before he gets to Cassian. Okay. I, I, I agree with that. And, and then even when they meet again later on, it's the same thing. He's already been like on the run for you know, a few days and, and traveling and getting chased by all these assassins and, you know, then common sees him again. And, and, you know, obviously I'm jumping ahead in the film, but I really don't think common's that close to John wick. I think it was just circumstances where he was really beat down by the time common got to him. I don't know about that. I think he's supposed to be enough. I mean, like, oh, yes, I think he's close. He's obviously close, in but... this, obviously in this world, John wick is like the apex predator, like the top guy. But I think, Common is pretty uh, pretty skilled in this. Pretty uncommon. Oh boy! Uh, so, so they have this long fight, and then they end up back at the Italian Continental, and immediately Italian Winston's like, "Hey, you guys, you can't fight. Like, you're in. There's no fighting on the grounds." He's like, "Why don't you go to the bar and have a drink?" And they're like. And he's in comments like, it, 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 I'm sorry, uh, John Wick's like, gin, right? That's your drink, which is gross, by the way. Gin shouldn't be anyone's drink. And then he's like, and he's like, bourbon? And he's like, yeah, bourbon. So they go and they kind of have a drink at the bar. Um, and then uh, I think comments kind of like, yeah, I'm still going to end up killing you, but I'm going to leave for now. Uh, and I do like, this is a very like, uh, just to show you like how fancy these hotels are in a very like bourbon nerd thing. But when he sits down at that table, uh, after he talks to uh, Ruby Rose, uh, and you know that you learn that he knows sign language, it's just a bottle of Blanton sitting on the table next to him, which is like a really expensive, hard to find bourbon, and it's just sitting there uh, with a cup for anyone to drink. Anyways, um, okay, so I do like when he's sitting there by the bottle of Blanton, and like Santino calls him on the phone there, and he just like he just hangs up on him. <laughs> he's yeah. like, and he's San- Santino, like, Santino, right there knows he fucked up. Yeah, because and then so Santino puts a, a contract out on uh, John Wick, a seven million dollar contract to kill him. Um, so first of all, why are there so many assassins in New York? And second question, why do they all use flip phones? Well, I think that's part of the aesthetic. Like the, I think that's yeah. that's the thing. They all get this flip phone, like they just like they all have the same. I think they're burners. Yeah, they're all well, they all and, get these and, specific. Yeah. And I guess, and I guess you know what? Like, I, I it's funny to ask, but also like in my mind, it makes sense because the when they're called, they have all the numbers, so it must be some kind of like issue phone issue thing by the guild or whatever. Because when they're putting out the contract, they text everyone, so it must be like that's how they have the numbers because it's phones like issued by the you know yeah. high table or whatever you want to say. So and like all the different Winston's like. We bought flip phones. That's what we're going with, you know. <laughs> so uh, then you get like that montage of him just like all these people trying to kill him. While he's working his way to New York. Uh, that's when he fights the sumo guy that he shoots like in the head a couple of times and somehow yeah. isn't dead. Yeah, it all starts out in the subway, which is actually in a. They filmed it in Montreal. That that subway is crazy. There's like an entire like underground like mall and like theaters and stuff like that. And that's it's a cool area and it's really deep. So, 
Well, it's pretty cool because he kills the sumo guy. He fights that like lady that's playing like the violin, and then then he kills those couple of guys with a pencil, which is funny because that's something that Peter uh, Stomar talks about. Whatever. Okay, he talks about at the beginning of how he heard that he killed like three guys with a pencil, and he it's so gross though when he has the pencil against the wall and just like jams the guy's head into it. So so violent. So um, and then he runs into Common again. I love. That scene where like Common's kind of uh-huh. high up and like John Wick's oh, low, so and they're just like taking shots at each other like so casually as they walk through the crowd. Like that is such a cool scene. Like just how like how downplayed it is that they're both like trying to kill each other just while walking. It's just like and like they both have enough honor and not want to kill any innocent people, so like, they're taking the choosing their shots. And it's like it, it, it's really good. Yeah. So they end up like on a subway car and they have like a knife fight, pretty cool knife fight. And he, uh, and maybe I'll get this wrong, but he, so he stabs Common in the chest with a knife and he's essentially like, Hey, if you pull this out, you're going to die. Like if you pull it out now, you're going to bleed to death. But implying that if you like went to the hospital, he might be all right. Yeah. He's like, he's like considered a professional courtesy and like leaves him sitting there with a giant knife sticking out of his chest. Which is interesting because realistically common could show back up later on in the film series. Oh yeah. He's got to be back in four. Cause you got to figure he's probably got beef with like the council and also like, you know, John Wick technically got revenge on the guy who's really responsible for the death of, you know, the lady. So yep. that's true. So anyway, so he's still being chased by guys, and that's when he that's when he like and it's so weird because it makes sense now, but when you're first watching the movie, he sees that homeless guy and he just like takes cover by him and he's like I can't even remember what he says. He's like, I need you to take me to him or something, yeah. you know? And like and like the homeless guy like covers him up and then like just murks the two guys that are chasing him, and you're kind of like what is going on? So then he takes him to go see Lawrence Fishburne. Lawrence Fishburne plays the the Bowery King, who apparently has an army of homeless people who are assassins or assassins well, that are pretending to be homeless people. They're assassins that are pretending to be homeless people. There is eyes and ears. Basically, he's the intelligence of of the of New York City. So like if anybody wants to know anything, they go to the Bowery King and he can tell them. And I kind of think he's a little bit of both. I think there are genuinely homeless people that work for him too. Yeah. But like they all has like, you know, like this kind of network of like semi homeless people, like the underground and stuff like that. Like, I think it's kind of like, you know, I think he, he's like almost, yeah, he's like, he's like the king of the homeless, you know? Well, and you get that kind of, there's like a backstory between him and John Wick where he shows like he has a scar on his neck and he's kind of like, I wasn't paying attention. You snuck up behind me and like slashed my throat. And we're kind of like, Hey, you can either try and get me or you can go get this taken care of. And like, he's like, I learned an important lesson. Now no one sneaks up on me or whatever. But, and so they kind of go back and forth. Like um, John Wick wants him to help him. And, and Lawrence Fisher is kind of like, well, why should I help you? You know, like you're worth $7 million and all this stuff. But I finally like when he gets him to agree to help. And I remember that it, I, I, I was like, I love this line. Cause I remember it was featured in the trailers when he's like, he's like, you can either kill me or you can get me a gun. And Lauren Fishman is like, somebody please get this man a gun. And I remember that it is from great. the trailer. Like, it's so great. It's one of those things. It's like, there, there's, there's this thing where you see two actors who just have this chemistry with each other. And, it's like it's just this unspoken kind of thing that they have. Lawrence Fishburne and Keanu Reeves just have it. Obviously, from yeah. being in the Matrix together, but but like it, it's something just feels so right about the two of them being in a scene together. I just I just love it. Like um, if they made like a Bob Hope and Bing Crosby style like musical together, I'd go see it. You know, yeah. so like yeah, these two are awesome. You like know, just whatever it is they do, they're they're really good together. Um, yeah. And you skipped over a bit of it, a bit of the plot. Oh, sorry. Um, not skipped over, but just neglected to say it. The reason why the Bowery, Bowery King helps him is because he brings up the fact that if um, uh, Santino, you know, gets the seat on the high table, that he's not going to stop kind of taking over New York. Eventually, he's going to move into the Bowery King's territory and, you know, take over there and, and kind of move on from there. That, that That's his whole plan is his plan is to kind of dominate 
New York, and then by extension, keep going out further and further and, and essentially take over as much as he can. And, you know, Santino's not a very honorable man, apparently. Um, and he's not necessarily the type of person that people want to fall in line underneath. Um, and so that's why the Bowery King helps him is he doesn't want to live under the thumb of Santino. Got it. So before we move to the next part, will you both do your reading of uh, Lawrence Fishburne's line at that part? Does someone get this man a gun? Yeah. Somebody please get this man a gun. Somebody please get this man a gun. I got to say it too. Yeah, I'd like you to. Somebody please get this man a gun. I love it. it uh, I just Lawrence Fishburne's voice is so much better than mine. It is. <laughs> so I like, I, I but know. I, but I do like that they do. He's like he does give him a gun, but he's like he only gives him seven rounds because yeah. he's like he's like seven million dollars gets you seven rounds. Yep. So he, so, gives, he, so he gives him a gun that has a seven round, yeah, seven round clip. So uh, the, the uh, Santino's at like the museum. The, the homeless guy sneaks him into the museum. I like that he immediately uses a seven rounds. Yeah. And he's like, you can tell he's kind of like, what? Like he uses them and he's so bummed that it's already out of bullet. So then you get just a long extended sequence of him killing guys. Like, like in just an art gallery. We didn't see gallery. that except in the original Batman of people dying in art gallery. Yeah. And it's really cool too, because like he has the, like, I like how, and that's something that I feel like they skip in a live action movie, but you literally see he has to keep taking guns from yeah. like all these guys that he's killing or, or like using their guns to, and it's cause he doesn't have one. So he keeps having to pick one up and stuff. And I, I do like that. Um, so, uh, so like they fight through, and I, did you see uh, this LBJ that they said that the guy, the the writer, I think it was, wanted like that final, uh, not final, but they had that sequence yeah. with all the mirrors, and he yep. said it was kind of he wanted to pay homage to um, what's the movie Enter we the, did, Enter uh, the Dragon, Enter the Dragon. Yeah, like, yeah, he had the idea for that scene before he even wrote the script. Like, yeah. he just wanted to, he just loved that idea of a like a House of Mirrors kind of uh, battle. Uh, from from Enter the Dragon, and and so he incorporated it into or, this film. Or Conan the Destroyer. <laughs> uh, but I will say this: though so he ends or the up man he kills, with the golden gun. He kills a lot. Yeah, he kills a lot of guys. Uh, Santino gets away, and Roby Roby Ruby Ruby Rhodes stays behind. And I know Davey have a problem with her being this tough assassin, but I will say this: like they do, and, and she's a lot smaller than Keanu Reeves. And when they have their fight, he manhandles her. Like yeah. it's not like yeah, it's oh, not yeah. like. It's not like they try and make you think that she's as tough of him. She's literally, he's literally like picking her up and like throwing her across the room and stuff like that. Oh, like, it's, it's, she's well, like in this, she's good in this movie and like they do it properly in this movie. It's like, yeah, an assassin doesn't necessarily have to fight people. Like you might, she might just shoot them and stuff like that, but she right. tries to fight him. Yeah. She gets her ass kicked, you know? Well, and I do like this, that they, they, they point out that like he, he stabs her basically the exact same way that he stabs Common. But then he pulls the knife out. Yep. and doesn't like doesn't leave it. Any. He just pulls it out. It's like okay, see, you. like he doesn't give her that professional courtesy that he gives the common. So that's kind of a cool little callback. I feel like that it's kind of you know baked into it. So okay, so Santino goes and like goes to the Continental because the rule is that you can't you can't do business on Continental ground. So uh, John Wick shows up there and like <laughs> that great little scene where he's sitting there eating and Santino's like, oh, they got a very good menu. He's like, uh, he's like a guy could eat here, stay here a long time and not eat the same thing. And like Winston's like, Jonathan, don't do it. He's like, yeah. just don't do it. And Keanu Reeves is just like, boom, <laughs> just shoots him in the head <laughs> in the middle of the Continental. Uh, and it's like, oh, that's not good. So he goes home to his burned down house and he's kind of sitting there in his burned down house. And then that dude that I love that you guys remember the name of shows up. Um, Lance Reddick. Yes. And he's like, all right, come with me. So he drives him to the park and he has a meeting with Winston. And Winston's kind of like, all right, well, the Italian like people, they doubled the contract on you. So now it's 14 million. And he's like, and because you killed in the uh, Continental, you're now... Uh, excommunicata, excommunicate. Somebody say it. I'm saying yeah, it. He says it. Yeah. yeah, excommunicado, which basically mean like all the services previously offered to him are cut off. Like he can't even yeah. have access to anything. Because, so, because when you're kicked out of a church, you're excommunicated. Okay. So like that's yeah. 
So uh, he and they're like, he's like, I you have like a basically a one hour head start before this goes, and you get like the scene of Winston like calling in like the order that he's excommunicado, and like it's kind of I, I kind of like how it is because at first John Wick's kind of like walking away, and then like he's like looking around, and he sees like all these people with their flip phones like getting the message. It was like the message that like he's you know, and like he starts moving faster and faster, and by the end it's like a full out sprint that he's like, like running. I think there's like a, like a mom with a baby carriage getting it or something yeah. you know, like, yeah and that's like that's how it ends with just him like sprinting out of this park so uh which obviously leads into the third one which i'm sure we'll cover at some point but yeah and that so that's it that's it we made it to the end of uh john wick chapter two yeah and that's man the ending of that film i remember watching it and thinking to myself how the hell is he going to get out of this? Like, I, I don't often wonder that about films because I'm like, well, they're just movies. You know, obviously they're going to write some way out of this, but I couldn't, couldn't come up with the way. Like, I'm like, there's no way he's going to get out of this. Like something's going to happen. That's terrible. You know? And obviously you have to wait to the third movie to kind of figure that out. But, uh, but man, like the ending of this, it's very, it's very empire strikes back. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's and you're real- like, Oh, I'm going to have to wait for this. You know, like, Yeah. And um, yeah, the the whole and, and you're right. He's cut off from not only continental services, but like you'll find out in the third movie, he's cut off from like the medical services, from any kind of assistance, from really anybody that could give him anything. But like, uh, if me- he goes, if he goes for a night at like a super eight motel, he does not get the continental breakfast that morning. Well, what does he? Uh- Question for you. He gives him like one of those markers. Does that end up coming up in the, the third yeah. movie? I can't remember. He gives because he gives him a marker, like the thing that Santino had on him, right? Well, because Winston, because all the markers are kept with Winston at the cotton and whatever continental, right? That they're local to. That's where all the markers are kept. So um, he Winston obviously. There's a scene where Winston is talking to Santino and says he did the job. Sign the marker. You know, he makes he makes Santino complete the marker on his end. Yeah. So Winston's in charge of all that. So Winston had a marker. You find out the third film, spoiler alert, that John has a marker for somebody. That, okay. Um, and that's have you seen, you've seen the third one, right? You saw it. I, once, I right? saw it. I saw it once, so I haven't seen it in a while, so I don't remember who whose marker he has. Yeah, he has a marker that he calls. Halle Berry. Halle Berry. Oh, okay. Got it. He okay. calls that in in the third one. Dude, so this is an int- maybe it's not interesting, but I, I guess it really is that Frank Nero got Franco Nero guy. Nero. Yeah, him and uh, John Leguizamo, they apparently both appeared in Die Hard too. They were members of the terrorist group in it. Yeah, um, yeah. which I guess I remember that John Leguizamo was in. I guess I this the Franco Nero guy. Franco Nero, Franco, he's oh, the general. Ahead. Yeah, oh, and I believe Franco Nero played Lancelot in the Camelot movie. <laughs> I'll take your word for it. Um. Anybody have anything else that we didn't mention that you want to talk about, or anything specifically that we didn't bring uh, up before I mean, we watching this film this time around? Because I just recently watched the third one, probably a few months ago, mm-hmm. and after watching this one now, there's a lot of stuff in this that really sets up the third movie that I didn't really think about. Oh yeah, you know, like yeah, him, I- like him handing the marker and and all that stuff. Yeah, I need to watch the third one again because I, I really have only ever seen the third one the time I saw it in the theaters, and I have not seen it since. Yeah, so third one, the third one uh, is my favorite one so far. Like the opening scene of like when they're in the antique gun, like oh antique weapon god. shop. Oh, oh my god, so good, so good. And like the scene with the dogs when they're when they're when they're hunting, him and Haley Berry are hunting with the dogs. Yeah, oh. I just remember he gets that horse to kick a dude in the head. Yeah, yeah a couple <laughs> times. Mark DeCosos and like DeCosos in general, so good. Yeah. Yeah. Were we just did we just talk about a movie where Mark yeah. DeCosos was a bad yeah. guy? Yeah, it uh, was. He uh, was in uh, the Cradle to the Grave. Cradle, yeah. <laughs> That's right. He gets he swallows that pill and melts like Raiders yeah. of the Lost Ark. Um, all right. Anything else, or are you think we're ready to rate this? Yeah, I don't have any role reversals or anything. Um, there really wasn't anything like that. Uh, so yeah, let's uh, let's go ahead and rate it. All right, this movie is obviously we've we've kind of called our shot with this one, I would say. So, who wants to go first? Dave, you're the guest. You want to go first? No, I always go first when I'm the guest. One of you go first. Uh, LBJ, why don't you I'll go, go first. Yeah, 
I don't know. I'm pretty transparent. I love this movie. Um, everything about it's great. Like the whole series in general, I could sit down and watch any of them and not ever be bored of it. Like it's it, everything in it is phenomenal. All the acting's great in it. The action obviously is fantastic in it. Um, the world building is is really in depth. Like it, it's you don't you very rarely see. I would say you never see an action movie that has world building in it. It's essentially just an action film. Well, um, and, and, and not to interrupt, but like just to get this out there, because we talked about this a little bit in the first movie. I think that the thing that this movie does with the world building really well is it does it effortlessly. Like it doesn't hit you over the head with it. And like, it's just like, it's baked into the movie and you figure it all out. Like it comes out naturally yeah. where it's not like, it's not like they don't have like a 20 minute sequence where someone's explaining to you all this stuff. It's just there and you just learn about it and you're like, oh, okay, I get it. So, yeah, they're sorry. they're easy. You're right. They're very easily explained to you. Like it's weird. It's like you know, once you see it, you get it, and that's all. That's all it takes for everything in this film. Um, so the only reason why I'm not going to rate five machine guns is because I think I like the third one and the first one better. But this is a solid, solid four and a half machine guns. A solid, solid, solid four and a half machine guns. I'll leave it at that. Um, I'll go next. I, you know what? I, I pretty much am in exact agreement with you. Like this movie is so much fun and it's such a good, he's such a good character. And Keanu Reeves is so good in this. And like, it's not even like he has a ton of dialogue, but just like his commitment to the role and knowing that he did 95% of the stunts in this. And this movie is very, you know, physically demanding, like all the stuff he does. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm sure Dave will touch on this, but I feel like it's probably one of those things where he does all the things right. Like, he's holding the knives right, and he's holding the guns right, and he's reloading right, and he's doing, like, all the stuff that, you, you know, like, so it looks accurate, but it's just it's just a good movie. And like you said, it's like the, the, the world building is natural, and it, you can just sit there and watch it, and I, and I kind of agree with you. Like, I like the first one better. I haven't seen the third one in a while, but I'm going to go with four and a half machine guns as well. So I feel like the John Wick movies are like people talk about with their children. You like love them all equally, but you just maybe like one a little more or less than the other, you know? So yeah, it's, it's just a great movie. Like it's funny because for whatever reason, like I thought this was the one that like, like, Oh, maybe it's not quite as good as yours, but no, it's, it's really close to being as good as the others. I mean, the first one, because it was such a surprise is still the best to me, but like, I'm going to give it four and three quarters machine guns. We, we, we don't have three quarters. You do guns. now, baby. <laughs> All right. You know what? Let him have it. Let him have it. Fair enough. Fair it's enough. fine. Four and three quarter machine guns. You, get, you know what it is? It's You get a snub nose machine gun. Exactly. There you go. Uh, it's a bullpup. There you go. Um, can you think? I can't think of another another action series where all three of the movies are like this good. Um, I mean, I would, Die Hard I would... is close. Ones that aren't pre-designed trilogies, I'd say. Like, like I would say, like the Lord of the Rings movies are all, but that's a pre-designed trilogy. So I, really I would, count. I would contend not as good as the John Wick movies, but I would contend that the original three Bourne movies all work together. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Like they're they're not at the same level as John Wick, but right. I think those are all solid movies. Yeah, at least and kind of like the John Wick thing where they made the first one and obviously the second and the third one. Well, actually, no, because I think we found out in our episode that they didn't even really plan on making a third one, that they had to fit the third one into how they ended the second one. That's so, correct. Yeah. But anyways, so, I think that works to a certain extent. I will say, based on a recent rewatching, the first three Lethal Weapon movies, even some people say the third one goes down. I really don't think it starts to go downhill to the fourth one. So... I think the first three Lethal Weapon movies are all pretty damn great. But they're not as good as John Wick. No, they're not as good as John Wick. So there we go. So John Wick's at the top. That's all all I wanted to establish. John Wick is, if you want to watch action films, and and, and John Wick's it. Yeah. That's it. Um, Great. Uh, Well, now that we've gotten John Wick done, uh, I wanted to bring up something interesting. Uh we are essentially celebrating so when this movie comes out we'll be celebrating our third anniversary as a podcast 
So we started we started June 4th of 2018 and we are now uh in the end of May. This is coming out at the end of May of 2021. So it's been 3 years of this and um I want to say thank you to all the people who are listening uh who have listened in the past who are just kind of jumping on board now. Uh thank you to everybody. Um I really have no idea if anybody listens to this. I don't keep track of numbers. I would assume people do, uh, just kind of based on the interaction we get in very on our various platforms. So, so thank you, everyone. Um, I kind of started this podcast because I wanted just to do something fun. I needed a hobby. I was tired of sitting around my house all day and not doing much. And um, and I just really liked action movies, and so I'll, that's why I started this podcast. And I'm glad other people have kind of, you know joined us on this little uh, action adventure uh, roller coaster that we do on this show. Um, I definitely want to thank Sphinx. Uh, he's clearly not here right now, uh, but he will be back soon for at least a couple episodes. Spoiler alert. Uh, <laughs> so thank you to Sphinx. I don't know if he'll listen to this or not, but thank you. Uh, obviously the podcast couldn't have gone this far without him. Uh, he uh, certainly, he and I both, really sat down and, and, and figured this thing out together. Um, and I definitely want to thank Joe for being on and pitching in when we needed some help and then staying on when we, you know, when we wanted help. Um, so thank you, Joe, for, for, for joining us. Uh, we, I, I certainly appreciate it. Well, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's no, I, I think Seeger that you, you kind of had to at first drag me, you know, kicking and screaming into this, but I mean, it's been, it's a lot of fun and it, it, you know, it's good to just like, to know that we're just going to be able, like you said, it's like, I know that people listen, people talk to us about it, but it's not like our concern. We just, it's just fun to get together and we just, you know, we, it's stuff that we would normally do and just talk about movies and it's just, you know, it's, and it's allowed me to watch a lot of movies that I probably would not have watched had it not been for the podcast. So uh, it, it's great and it's a lot of fun and I do look forward to doing it um, all the time. And like you said, I'm, I'm thankful to all the people that support us and, you know, reach out to us, whether it be on Facebook or the discord or whatever, and just, you know, Hey, we like this episode or whatever, you know, it's like, it, it, it's always great. So it, 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 it is something that's, it, it's kind of crazy, but it is something that I always look forward to doing. And it's a lot of fun to just sit here and talk about movies. So, yep. I don't really think I'm in a position to thank the fans. I'm just a guest. But as a guest, I'd like to thank you guys because, like, it's really, it, like, uh, I, I mean, when it started out is I would just, like, you know, basically text you and critique you guys. You know, <laughs> insane. But, yes. no, like, having been able to be on, you know, several times in the last year or so since it, you're no longer in the house that would cause me to die because of allergies, <laughs> I, I genuinely do enjoy it because, like, you know, as you know, I have a film degree, but I haven't really been able to flex my like analytical film muscles since, you know, for quite some time. And it's really given me a chance to kind of look at films like both in an enjoyable way and in kind of an analytical way, which is also enjoyable. So I always enjoy being on and uh, I don't I, I don't listen to the episodes that I'm on because I can't stand the sound of my own voice. <laughs> Hopefully no one else feels that way. But I also I love like, you know, getting to listen to you guys here like, you know, and then sometimes I'll talk along to it because I'm like, no, you're wrong. But I don't send you the critique same works. I can tell it genuinely started to annoy you. So, uh, and, and, I mean, and that's a good segue. I mean, to thank Dave and thank everyone that's been on the show over the three years, all the guests that we've had, everyone that's been on multiple times, one time, whatever. It's, you know, I mean, it's it's always, I mean, yeah, me and uh, LPJ can sit here talking about movies, but it's always so much more fun to have a guest or two on to kind of talk about these movies with and stuff. So we do generally, from the bottom of our heart, appreciate anyone that's ever, you know, taken time out of their, you know, spoiler alert, we record on Friday. So taking time out of their Friday evening to record this with us and talk, you know, talk BS about movies for like an hour or so with us. So we do appreciate it. Yep. Uh, a couple other people I specifically want to thank. Uh, I want to thank uh, Ethan, uh, Butterboy, the Deadite Knight, whatever you want to call him, uh, for composing and, and, and putting together our theme. Uh, so thank you to him. And uh, a guy named Schmarcus on Instagram, at Schmarcus. He made our um, our logo, our picture for us. So thank you, Schmarcus. Uh, and, uh, and any guests that's been on. So thank you to all the guests as well. Um, 
And I want to wrap this up by saying, uh, patrons, thank you so much for supporting us. Uh, if you want to continue to support us, we would love it. Um, we do still technically have that challenge out there. If we get, <laughs> if we get four more $5 tier patrons and you go on to discord and you tell us what it's for, um, we will do a Mighty Ducks 2 episode. Oh boy. Speaking of, speaking of, hold on, sorry, speaking of Discord, Dave, when are you joining the Discord? Yeah. Discord. I thought I signed up for it, but I couldn't get on the thing in my computer, but I'll give it a try again. Because right. I do actually have something I want to put the internet sleuths on, uh, Discord-wise, so that maybe I'll just tell them now. So, um, LPJ and I are very big fans of kind of the recent resurgence in oh, wrestling, boy. how there's so much wrestling information out there. And obviously, this was a big week for the Ultimate Warrior because there was the anti biography and the Dark Side of the what Ring. Are, what are you doing? <laughs> I want I want to put people on. Okay, there is what might be an urban legend that the Ultimate Warrior, while the WWF was in Detroit back in like the not early nineties, late eighties, that he got caught pounding off behind the powerhouse gym in Garden City this on is, Ford Road. Wow, this- I- this might be the only thing I ever edit out of a show. Okay, I want to find out if that's like an urban legend in every town. Like, every town has that, oh yeah, that's the gym where the ultimate warrior got caught pounding off behind. Or if that's just us, and maybe we can maybe we can track down the police officers. Like, yeah, because apparently the police got caught him, and they let him go, because he was what? the ultimate warrior. What are we, what are we, what are we doing? What, what, what is happening? Talk about what it is, on the Discord, everyone. What has happened? We had had this heartfelt thing where we were talking about our third anniversary, and then you take it's a weirdo, Bill. <laughs> what are you, I just I, I want to right utilize <laughs> the Discord people well, to see if that so, actually so, happened. So utilize Discord. <laughs> yeah. This is a Discord, Dave. Dave, Discord is an app. You type. I know. It's, people, a texting, that, it's a thing. You people text talk about. Up. People talk about the show on Discord. Uh, I don't think they're going to talk about that. I. I, I don't think, I don't think they, they will are, now. Dave. I'm, not, I'm, not, sure, I'm not sure they will, Dave. We will uh, let you know uh, if we get any messages about this on our Discord channel, Dave, for okay, sure. Yeah. Okay, well, I don't even know where to go from there. Um, <laughs> I guess uh, this episode of the Last Action Podcast has been terminated. But we'll be back. <laughs>